Cool, man. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good. You know, I was just um, working on our last week's podcast episode this morning, and uh, it was fun because it was the first time that I had had heard about Use Optimistic, and it was fun watching myself go back through like learning about it, you know, and um, and then it came up this week, and like we and we were talking about it this morning too. So it's it's pretty neat that like. Um, it has a lot more use cases than I initially thought, you know, having gone through that episode last week. And last week, mostly we talked about um, using it for like mutations and how it compared um, to my experience doing optimistic UI and remix. Mm -hmm. But um, it feels like a little bit more lower level. Um, for sure. And it, it goes beyond just actions, you know? Yes. <laughs> I have a pause here because the docs explicitly say it's for I know. actions. I know. But yes. So I, as so we I, figured out this week. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So um, uh, let me kind of set the stage, I guess, and just talk about how we came to discover a, another use case for it. So uh, I have been doing some pairing actually this last week or two, and um, it's been a lot of fun. Just put out like a little call on Twitter and I've probably done like six or seven pairs. I, I need to tell you about the one I did with Roman uh, yesterday because it was really neat. Cool. But um, I did one with a guy who was working on uh, query params, you know, filter, filter query params in a search and basically wanting them to be instantly responsive in Next.js. And this has come up before. We've seen this before where uh, I think router.push and next 12 like instantly updated the uh, like the URL in the browser and then it like refreshed the back. I think the, I think uh, it I think it depends. Uh, I think if you're I think it depends on if you're using like static props or server side props. Ah, got you. Changes, but right. um, for the most part, like, yeah, happy path next is like you're building a static site. You're doing like the data SSG fetching, SWR. Yeah, it data fetches on a client. So you're building, mm -hmm. and again, you can build it other ways, but this like kind of like right. a happy path, the next 12 story. Right. And right. so you would get these instant updates. You're never like, you were never like taking time to go to another page, if that makes sense. Right. You always had a blocking, you always had a skeleton to show in instantly. Yeah. Of course, you could, you could do other ways to do this, but that was a happy path. Right. Yep. Whereas happy path in the next 13 is click block transition kind of thing, which is nice for pages. And then you can add, you know, loading states and suspense boundaries to have faster navigation, but you still have a round trip to the server. You still have a round trip to the server as soon as you call router.push, right? And so if you're making something that involves filtering down a list and it feels like kind of like an SBA feeling page, then that blocking any interaction on a round trip to the server, even if you have like a suspense boundary or something further down that does a data fetching, it still doesn't feel quite right. Um, you know, liking a tweet is something we talked about last week, but liking a tweet is like a mutation. This is more like a new get request where you have mm -hmm. like a list of movies and you're clicking on genres. Most people doing React for the last decade want those genres to be selected as soon as you click on them. And then you want to start fetching the new data and somehow either show a spinner or something over the, the old movies until the new ones are ready. Yeah, so, I think I think just to like, we would say like when you select a, a, a genre, you're going to go to a new URL 
that with that genre in the URL. But that selecting the genre and going to the new URL should feel like it happens at the same time. And right. so and so it feel everything feels instant where with right in a transition the, world, the default yeah yeah the default 13, path with router push it doesn't right so you check the checkbox and then there's time to when you router push and then that time and then the url updates mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um we talked about this and before we realized that use optimistic was a perfect solution for this <laughs> i think you were the one that mentioned it um but the way we got there was first um Next has added support for the native history push date API to Next 13 and Next 14. So uh, what that means is that inside of a client component, you can call window.history.pushdate to instantly update the URL. For example, to add a query param that says question mark genre equals horror, right? And what does it mean that they support it? Well, what it means is that the data returned from use search params and use path name are going to instantly reflect the new URL if you call the native history API. And those are hooks, remember, that are coming, are only used in client-side components, um, but they typically update after the new URL has been pushed. If you traditionally call something like router.push, you do that, the new app prepares, it commits or whatever, updates, and then those things will update. So. Given that they support the native history API, you can call my first attempt at solving this problem was um, to use that. And actually, let me just take a step back and explain what the actual problem was, because part of the problem is the fact that it feels slow. You click on it and maybe you flip some state or something or you click on a checkbox or, you know, whatever. It takes some time. There's another problem, though, which is that if you click horror and crime and you know you click a second genre a second filter and that that should update the query param and the first click hasn't finished yet the new app isn't ready yet your second click is actually transitioning from state zero to state two not from state one to state two so the route that you push doesn't include that first checkbox that you clicked again in the default happy path case where you're just calling router push on these things. Um, so this is kind of like, this is more of a bug than like a slow user experience. Does that, th does that make sense what I'm explaining? Yeah, it does to me. Cause I've, I've, we've been talking about this a lot. I, I think it's hard let me try to, to explain from without a, a visual. Yeah. Let me try to explain from if you had a PHP or a rails app, if you had a PHP or a rails app, you render a list of movies and then you have a list of checkboxes, right? That have genres that filter it down by genres that match. So by default, you have 250 movies and then you have these 10 genres or whatever. Now, if you click on one of those checkboxes and it could be looking, it could look like a button, a button or any sort of tag, right? It's a tag. You click on it. That is going to link. Each one of those things is basically going to be a link, right? It's going to be a link to slash with the right search param it's going to have genre equals whore Wait, so question, when you question do you mm -hmm. want to be able to select multiple of them or are you just selecting one in rails let's just say you, you can select multiple but it's like amazon.com where when you click a checkbox you get a re-render right you go to the server and you refresh the page so they're all links so when you click whore you are clicking a link to slash question mark genre equals whore 
and you're going to Rails, and Rails is generating a new page, right? Mm-hmm. And the new page is going to render, you know, the hundred movies that are filtered down. But the sidebar is going to have all of the tags. The horror is going to be selected. It's going to be a link back to the home page that's unselected, and all the other tags are going to be links to question mark genre horror and their their own genre version, right? So you're doing a full re-render using the fact that the request included an initial, you know, a genre search param, you know? So it's all just total re-render and links all the way down. So that is the way to think about That's the easiest way to build this page, right? Every Mm -hmm. link click gets a new version of the page from the server and all the links are updated to include the current set of search params at the time of the request. So if you build it like that in next, and you just call router push, and then you know you pass the search params down, or you use search params in the client, or whatever to render links. Those search params aren't updated until the server has reloaded the new page. And so, if you click two things fast, um, I guess it'd be similar to how it would work in Rails. If you kind of like clicked one link and then clicked another one right away, you would just be clicking the second one because that first one hadn't flipped yet, right? Um, Right. So that's, that's yeah. So 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 this is this is kind of where people head down, right? You're, you're you're kind of nudged to to do router push to push new URLs to the to the pay to the um to your app. You then click on the thing, and if and if the horror tag shows its active state based on search params, it's not going to update until the page makes a round trip from the server. And you're like, what the heck? I'm writing a React app. This should toggle immediately. I need to respond immediately to user feedback. So what I'm gonna do is set some state. And as soon as I click on it, I'm gonna keep track of which ones I've toggled so that they can go flip from white to blue immediately. And um, and then I'm gonna push the URL. And now you run into the situation where like you're trying to figure out what the selected genres are in case they click one, two, three really quick and try to push a URL. So it gets really messy. And if you start using state to update which ones are selected and then you hit the back button, right? Then now your app is probably not gonna work because really the source of truth is the URL in that case. But in the case where they've clicked, it feels like the source of truth is state. So this is kind of like the mental, the journey we went down. Um, and the next stop on the journey was the native history support. So you say, really, all I want to do is I want to click a link, update the URL, and I don't want to have to wait to go to a round trip for the server. Even if I'm just fetching like a shell or a load, whatever, I don't want to have to go to the server to update because I could click one, two, three really quick. Oh, next has support for the native history API. Why don't we try that? I'm going to call push state window.history.push state in my event handler when I click. And um, that way the URL is going to be updated immediately and use search params and use path name, the hooks from next navigation update immediately as well. So now each one of those genre filters can use search name, use path name. They can see, sorry, use search params and use path name. They can see if they're selected. And as soon as you click it, then it will flip it immediately. And so now the second and third click that are happening can take into account the fact that the first one's there as well, because it's already in the URL. Um, Then the question is, well, okay, you've updated the URL right away, and the URL is kind of like client-side state now. 
it's kind of like in the browser and so it's updating immediately, but we need to like sync it to the server. So how do we reload the page? Because we still want the list of movies to be like a server component or to involve a server component to do the data fetching, right? Yeah, push then, push state push state is not an API for going to the server. Push state's an API for like entering a record into like the browser's back forward cache. Exactly. Exactly. Back forward history, uh, I guess is a better way to say that. Mm -hmm, anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think router.push eventually calls those things, right? What do you mean? Router, to, I mean, I think it has to. Router push will go to the server and and insert. And then and then after it'll call it'll uh, insert in, push yeah. state. Yeah. But if you are just doing you're like in your example here, you're like you're using push state to update the URL instantly right. so right. that like the state so that the hooks use search params in the other use one. path name. Use path name instantly update. So it's kind of like, you know, you send the action up, data flows back down into all your components. Uh, right. but the problem the problem with that is that you you are updating the URL so you can actually go to the server and fetch new data. Like this right. URL is like, hey, give me give me this new data. But in this case, uh, push state is not made to like go to the. You know what I mean? Like if you wrote yep. like just just outside of React, outside of Next.js, if you just wrote a script tag and you called push date inside of it, you would see like the URL update, but you wouldn't see any API requests being made to your right. server. Right, right, exactly. So you're kind of taking ownership of this and you do that and then you say, well, I do need to refresh the page. So maybe you use an effect that watches changes to search params and path name. And if it does, you call router.refresh. Um, and that way you have this kind of instant navigation, um, instant search params, but then you have like a re reloading of the page. And well, that doesn't really work either. Um, I couldn't really, I don't really understand it. We, I don't think we ever looked at it together, but it would like, it would kind of work like every two clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Always a great sign. And I, I think it's because actually, if you think about it, it, maybe it's like you're updating the history, you're pushing a new state and then you're calling router refresh, but router refresh is reading from like the current router, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The next router state. And so you it, would have to, you would have, have to, it. right. You'd have to wrap it in an effect. Yeah, um, I think right. I saw someone share an example with you where like they wrapped it in a promise, uh, which is which is, which like, is a, like the equivalent. it's just like a hack of like basically using the fact that there's probably some tick Work or in what, between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like you could wrap it in a set timeout that fired in you know hundred yeah. milliseconds. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are just proxies. They're they're not really. I think yeah. the effect so, the effect version would probably work, works, but you are. You know, you're using push state and then you're calling router refresh. Like when you look at those two things, like that's a job of Nexus router push. Right. And you're just exactly you're in a bad spot if you're like, oh, I need it, to reinvent these APIs. A state machine for the router. Yes, exactly. So then we were talking about it kind of right at that moment. And I was like, you know, we were talking and it was like, it's so weird because you call push state. And you're kind of saying like the client knows at this point I've clicked horror and I know that horror should be selected. The user clicked on it. So this is like client side state. And, but like the URL, I don't really own that. You know, we always think of like syncing to the URL, but when I click it and when the new app is, is refetching from the background, I want it to be state. So then we started playing with react state, right? And we had like the selected genres as react state. You default them to the genres that are passed in from the server. From the from the request URL, and then once you start clicking things, you set selected genres to this new version, 
And then we were like, well, if the props come back, I want that to be true. But if the props are like in flight, I want to use selected genres, client side. And you were like, that's use optimistic. And we were like, oh, shoot, you know? And we tried it out and it was like a perfect fit for it. So that was pretty cool. I mean, um, dude, it brought 60 lines of code down to like seven. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It's, an, yeah. it's crazy. Um, so I'm trying to think about what we talked about after we we kind of coded this and went on a walk because there were some interesting there were some interesting things that came out of it. But um, one one thing I want to oh, we're we gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say like kind of there's like there's this in between point. You kind of hit on this, but there, there's this in between point where you are um, you click a checkbox or you click a button and you want to immediately toggle that to give feedback, but then you're also kicking off a server request. And so at that point, like the client, you can't just derive the state from like the URL or the server data because that hasn't happened yet. And the client actually knows more. The client knows more. The client knows what state the app should be in because the client just received the click. Um, right. And then when the server, and then you kick off a transition to this new state, and then the new state renders and you were saying like you reset it. But like, I, I guess like the way I've been like, how I've been thinking about RCs over the last year and stuff, like as soon as like I'm in a spot where it's like the client should know more, it's like reactive, it's interactive. Like those are kind of ter terms that like, are like a hint towards this. Like I immediately reach for like client component and state just kind of as a mm -hmm. default. And like, even if it gets messy and stuff like that, um, it's just kind of like the default thing that I go down. And then like, you know, then we talked about the transition and how we're like transitioning to this new state. I don't, I don't know if you want to like. Yeah, I do want to talk about that because I, I think um, I think you've worked more with this stuff than me. And when we were walking and talking, it was like. It's almost hard for it's like almost a curse of knowledge now, because just in the last week of us talking about this, I have like a little bit of my brain's been rewired. But last week, like. I was so confused. Like, I am pushing a new URL and router dot search names or search params, use search params is not updating. Like, if I was building this, use in our own app and we had to build a router, use search params would be like React state that like sets new state when you call when you call set search params or whatever and it uses an effect to call push state with the history api and it returns the new state it is client side state like how is it not client side <laughs> state and how is it not updating right after i call router.push you know what i mean like i was genuinely really confused about that because of working with ember and even next 12 where things are static and i'm building a react app and i'm just you know i'm doing things on the client i'm clicking a counter that's immediately updated i'm pushing url state that's immediately updated right so yeah that's I, where, where i was starting from last week gotcha gotcha i think there's a big unwind that has to happen here because because we're writing in a world of server components and we have like we need renders that are gonna happen on the server and there's gonna be latency there. We, we can't just update state and just get a sync render on the client now. I think it's good to unwind and think about like how forms work. So imagine you're on a checkout form and you enter all your details and then you click buy. The URL doesn't immediately update, update to like thank you for your purchase.html. Like you're just gonna sit there and you're gonna see a spinner 
for a few seconds. I mean, it's a checkout form. You're gonna, you might see it for like 10 seconds. Right. The URL still says like slash checkout. And you, you know how all these like forms that are like, you know, only click checkout once. Yeah. Don't, don't click it more than once. Like, yeah. There's a reason for that because you yeah. could, while that form is running, like say it takes 10 seconds, at second five, you could like click the logo to link back to the home page. And like your browser is just gonna like, okay, you click the link to the homepage, I'm gonna go off and fetch that. It's gonna app. discard the currently pending version of the app that's being prepared. It's gonna discard it. It's just, yeah, it's just gonna be like, okay, you, you submitted this form, but you're clearly no longer interested in it. Let me go fetch the homepage. And then like, it doesn't really wait around for the, like you go to the homepage, the browser doesn't then say like, oh, hey, you know that form you submitted like a few seconds ago? Uh, it turns out that's ready. Are you interested in that? No, the browser's exactly. just like, no, you're interested in the homepage. And so like, so, yeah. I was gonna say, and if you clicked home logo while it was completing, it wouldn't, it doesn't go to success until after it's done. You go home. So if you hit back, you, would go back to checking out and the completed page has been discarded forever. It was never visited. It was never completed and committed to the screen. Um, it's a, it's its own universe. It's its own version of the app. It's its own state of the app that was discarded because you aborted it by doing something else. And therefore it's never part of your, of the movie of your, your, of your experience on this website. Right, right. Right. And, but also too, like you did submit the checkout form. So like it did like run on yeah, the, so the action, the action did run, but in terms of the UI that's yes. being updated. So given this conversation and that's exactly what you were saying, which was really good on, on our conversation during our walk, which was what happens when you submit a form, uh, or even click a link, um, in HTML with a browser without JavaScript. Right. And the URL doesn't update immediately. It's, it goes into a step, a state of preparation. Um, and this is what a transition is. So transitions, I think have a lot more intuition behind them than, than at least I had. And maybe a lot of people had because the API feels a little low level. It, it, I think there's a lot of education and benefits that could be had by people having a better intuition about what a transition is. And like, again, just the way we've been talking, I think you've been thinking about this a lot more than I have. And so when I was like, well, why isn't use search params updated? And you're like, well, the app is transitioning. And it's like, okay, that's, yes, it's transitioning because router.push calls start transition under the hood. But like, that's, that's like, what, why is that happening? Right. And it's just like your checkout example the current checkout page can't reach into the success page to update its own UI. They're two different worlds. And the reason they're completely different worlds is because you might click the logo and abort, right? You might discard that world that is being prepared that you are transitioning to. It's discardable. And because it's discardable, you can't reach into it. It needs to be kept in a separate universe in a black box, right? In the same way in our next apps, when you call router push, you kick off a transition. You begin a transition to time two. And that two world is in its own universe. It's in a black box and you can't read from it to update world one right now, right? You can't read anything from it that is associated with it 
in world one because it could be discarded. That's the whole point. So if you're preparing two, you might end up clicking three and two never gets committed. So you can't reach into that to use as part of one, right? So that is why when you call router push, use search params doesn't update until it's committed. So this is exactly where use optimistic comes in. Because, 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 yeah, go ahead. I I was going to say like, rather than thinking about it as reaching into worlds, like use search params does not want to update until like (laughs) the data that's the screen that's rendered. The function of state. The yes. UI is a function of state. The state so, is not is associated with it. Yeah. So if we're on blog post one and we click a link to blog post two, the search params that say we're on blog post two should not yeah. update until blog post two is rendered. Because right. if blog post one is rendered, but search params updates to blog post two, like you just, you have a mismatch. Right. Like, right. So this is what, this is what, like the whole idea behind transitions is you wrap your set states in a transition. And then you're basically saying, not until this screen is ready should right. I see this state. So if I say right. like, right. if I have like um, movie I like ID, that. Not until this screen is ready should I see this state. And then what for whatever reason, like for whatever um, logic for what it means to be ready, we can we can get into. But like, yeah, if, if I set movie ID to two, say I have a movie page. I, I, movie ID is one. I'm, I'm not using transition. I'm just using regular React. I set movie ID to two, page is gonna instantly re-render, movie ID is gonna be two, and I'm, I'm probably using some library like SWR, uh, React Query, or just use effects, and I'm gonna kick off a fetch request to go fetch uh, movie ID two. And so like, what do I, like in that case, I need to like, oh, okay, the ID is two, but the data hasn't been loaded. Right. So like I show a loading spinner. Right. Um, and then I can, you know, I can get through that, but, there's something weird that happens there because when I when I go from one to two, I immediately blow away one. It's immediately blown away, and just a, a giant loading spinner fills the screen. And this is how most of us like think of SPAs and React. This is how mm-hmm. we've been writing apps mm-hmm. for like the last I don't know, you and I <laughs> like last like 15 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but there's something nice about like the checkout example that we gave, where like you can click links and you keep the old UI rendered while the next page is being prepared. It's like really nice because you can like abort, you can click something else. You're not just like flashing in content. So this is where transitions come in. Instead of just setting movie ID to two, you do start transition, set movie ID to two, close the transition. And in that in that case, React is gonna keep your app in a world where the movie ID is one. It's also gonna go off and it's like basically gonna fork your React app and start rendering another version of your app we, we, you and I like to use the term in another universe yeah. with movie ID two. And then yes. when movie ID two is, is ready. And, right. And the reason that might take time, whereas in, in the case of the SPA, this is real, so interesting because in the case of the SPA, you're always like, we always need a frame. Re- React always needs a frame. There's no async anything. There's no suspense. So when you switch the movie ID to two, you blow away one and then you clear the cache and you show a loading spinner in your case you fork in the other universe, it sets it to two, and when it's ready, well, why, why does it take time to be ready? Because of suspense. Setting ID to two might trigger, a, that causes a re-render, might throw a promise. And if it does, then this fork is not ready to be merged into main yet, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, yeah, yes. That, that is like, to me, that is like the most, as a web developer, it's like, 
you are triggering a suspense boundary, therefore you're not ready. Like right. that, that is like the reason why you're not ready. But, but, right. but, yep. uh, and then once you're ready, then you can say, okay, the movie idea is two, all the suspense, suspense boundaries are resolved and I can just go and paint this page. I can replace page one with page two, the same way that I can replace the checkout page with a thank you page as right. soon as a server responds with thank you. Right. Right. And 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 cool. if you're if you're in the middle of a transition, so you're transitioning from one to two, and two is being prepared, and then you go click a link to blog post three, you right. don't have to like. This is the beauty of it. You don't have to it's manage. You don't have to manage like like these race conditions where it's like, oh, two might come back. Like if you were using effects, you actually have these race conditions. Like two might come back, but since the time I kicked off the request to fetch two. Like the user clicked three, so now I've got the state that's like the the ID that I'm actually interested in. Um, with transitions, there's none of that. With transitions, it's just like, oh, you start transitioning from one to two, but then you clicked three, so we're just going to discard two, and then we're going to go kick off a transition for three, and when three comes back, we paint it. And it simplifies code it's so so brilliant. much. It's absolutely brilliant. Anyone who's done the SPA style like we have, where you do you know set ID to two. And then you clear the cache and re oh wait three but there's a promise in flight. React has basically given us a, a, a it's a first class primitive for the idea of the thing the app in transition the thing that is for in in between these two things while they're not ready, and um, it also works for CPU bound stuff and network bound stuff like in the original demo which is awesome, but. Um, instead of before like thinking react always needs a frame to render it's almost like now it kind of it kind of doesn't because if you set state in a transition that causes a promise to be thrown and you don't have any suspense boundaries right if you had a suspense boundary it does have a frame because it's going to render the fallback so that's how you could get like a more instant um a faster you know update because it would render the fallback immediately let's say unless it was an update right but Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're we're yeah. we are definitely we're getting a lot of liberty with this. With yes, this, but yes, but it's the right that's the right idea. Always needed a frame, and now it's like it's like you don't because it's basically again the browser with HTML and CSS. You can click links and they can be fast, but you can click links and they can be slow. And by default, you just are sitting there staring at the last page, you know, for ten seconds while the checkout's happening. So that's really what's happening. The amazing thing about transitions in React that is not just, oh, didn't we just re-implement the browser all over again? What's the point? The point is, because that transition is a separate thing, the app that's in transition while it's showing the old UI is 100% responsive. So, and it can also be updated. You can call set state and React can re-render the app in that 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 is current the current ui while one two or n versions of your app are being prepared and one of them will be committed the rest will be discarded no matter how many that's happening no matter how long that takes the current ui is always responsive so this is the missing piece and it solves the search params with the movies and the genre filter because when you build it first and you click on a genre it's as if you clicked on it in a browser link and you're making a request and you're sitting there staring at the old screen while the new one comes in. 
you want to associate new data with that transition state, right? That's basically what use optimistic exactly lets you do. It lets you add state to the currently reactive app. You're basically merging ephemeral state uh, from the current app, which is, I know that I clicked horror as soon as the user clicked it with the set of genres from the server. And now I can use that to update my currently reactive app. But if the new version of the UI that we're transitioning to does complete and we override it, then we just go to time two and we throw away all that ephemeral state. So that's why you use optimistic as a perfect, perfect hook for this particular case, because you want this mix of basically client side source of truth and server side source of truth. And, uh, um, the docs say it's about actions and last week, we talked about using actions to do something like make a Trello board and keep it snappy, but it's really more broader than that. It's really like use transition data or something like that because like only while the app goes like you, you predict the transition data. Yes. It could even be not even predicted. It could, it could be, you, you do eventually like fall back and like merge in with like the, the, like the app that is being prepared if it's committed, so you throw it away. But like your changes could be something different. It's like, it doesn't even have to be predicted, right? It's, it's, it's lower level than that. You can do whatever yes. you want with it. Um, it's like use transition data because it's data associated with an app that is current, has like a transition that's happening. If there's not a transition happening, if you're in a, in a, in a settled state, then it's not useful. It's like set state at that point. It's like, it feels like set state at that point. Right. But every time the app settles down, then it reverts. It's like reverting to main. See what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, actually, it's, like you, it's, you, it's, it's like set state was a really bad, uh, it's like a no op. Like, why, it's like you're, key. You're it's like key, you're keying your whole tree or something after the app settles and you reset all of the states. In the intermediate time, you can go crazy with set state. And then there's like an update and, and we're like, we're on version four of the app. Let's just key the entire tree by the version of the app that was committed. And now everything's going to reset again. You know, what's a good, you know what we should do? You know what I think might be a good thing to explore here is that like, you know how we gave the example of um, the checkout screen and it takes yes. 10 seconds. Yes. So with the checkout screen, when like you're just waiting, like you're just sitting yeah. there and you're just, you're waiting for the next um, you're waiting for 10 seconds for the thing to yeah. confirm. Yeah. But like, I don't know, maybe we could say something like, listen, we know that the checkout's probably going to work. Right. Like we know we just like, I, I guess checkout's like tricky. Cause there's like, you know, credit cards involved, but like, let's just assume that like, we, we probably assume the checkout's going to work and like that, that HTML world. I don't know. Maybe we like, we just pop up a message. Like this is probably going to work. But with use optimistic, we can we can actually put our app in a state yeah. that we think it's going to be in yeah. when the checkout completes. So we're still in the world or, or, where the or, checkout's or, running. Yeah, or you can you can transition to like a holding a holding set like a holding pattern where you're like you you have a, a responsive app right that 
lets you do things like change your extras or pre-order snacks and movies. And, you know, yeah. you're showing that the thing is working. But the logic is as soon as the thing works, you know, I want this part of the page to show success. Your checkout is complete. It also reminds me of like the YouTube uploader, right? The YouTube uploader in a purely HTML and CSS world would let you upload a video and you'd be staring at like an upload. It could only do one thing at a time. But in the case of, you know, an SPA or something like it, something like what we're talking about, you can you can have it, let's say as soon as it finishes uploading, we want to show you something, right? That can be being prepared and you can use optimistic to, 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 to update things. But as soon as the progress comes back from the server after that, like you just want that to be the source of truth. And so all that ephemeral state that's associated with an app who has a newer state that is transitioning to that we really want to win as long as it's still valid, it's not discarded. That's how to, the way to think about use optimistic. Yeah. The uplo uploader is an awesome example because <laughs> the browser can just read the file. Like you've selected the file. The browser can read the right. file from your computer. So the browser right. knows how long the file is. It can create a blob right. object to like play the file. You actually don't have to wait for the right. thing to finish uploading. So you could like opti optimistically set the file. That's, but that, ah, but, and you could optimistically do like edits and stuff too. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And the exactly. title and, and everything. Yep. And the file hasn't even been uploaded to the server yep. yet. Um, yep. But that that is still that is still mutation. So that's like still mutation. Where what we use this for was for the basically setting movies. Yeah, we use this to. We knew the search params wouldn't update until the server had rendered the next movie page. And so we use this to basically get instant feedback that like the search params were going to update. So we right. like, optimistically set the search params. Right. And then you ask, why didn't you just use React State for this? Well, as soon as you hit the back button, you'll see why. Because now you need to clear the state uh, when you hit back because the search params are the source of truth. So that's mm -hmm. the idea, right? The, the, if It's just way, way, way easier. So, um, and that could be, it doesn't have to be the search params, right? It could be any data that's passed in from the server. Yep. Um, before we go, I have one mm -hmm. like just small little, not small, but just like one little like th thing about this. And, um, man, this was really hard. Like it took, first of all, I I've been asked about this a bunch of how, how do I do like filters, checkboxes while also like lifting state into the URL. Um, so I know others have struggled with it. It took you and mm -hmm. I like three days mm -hmm. to get here. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy where we got. Yeah, but like it, and it is impressive. And when you understand the optimistic and transitions, it all kind of clicks. Right. But <laughs> it took us three days. It's not obvious. It is not here. obvious that this is the way to solve this problem. Yeah, um, man. I was thinking about like what makes like like languages and frameworks successful, because like at the end of the day, dude, you you don't need React to build to build like a movie filter website. Like it's right. awesome when you do it in React. We love React. We would always pick React right. for doing that sort of thing. But you know, like Amazon can be built in Java and Shopify can be built in Rails and you can build an amazing store experience like with React. Like the technology doesn't, I don't know if the technology like matters. I don't know. Like I do think it matters, but also there's not just like, this is the only way to build a store, right? Like or this is the only way to build a checkout or filter or whatever we're going to call it. I think that like these tools, they need to make, they need to make you like feel not dumb. It's like bonus points. If you can feel smart, 
but they need to like as a baseline they need to make you feel not dumb like anytime i've been writing rails like when you describe the rails example where you're just clicking mm -hmm. links and re-rendering the links with like the current query param and you just keep appending to it like that's just what i would do and it does it just works and i don't get stuck here for three days like how to how to solve this thing um and there's a lot of things in react that don't that that are the opposite of this like they make you feel smart like things like um things like using hooks in react like i feel smart when i use hooks like i love i think that's like one of the reasons i love react like i feel smart when i'm using hooks and like they compose and i have business logic and then i can like take that and flush it out and render it um yeah i just i just have this like kind of like this bad feeling of like this is like it, maybe it's like just an education thing and like we need to like talk about it more and teach it more but i just had a really bad feeling of like like filtering items can't can't be this hard yeah like it just can't like it just can't and like i also think too like if if you're listening to this conversation like you probably had a hard time like we we're kind of yeah. all over the place we're talking yeah. about optimistic we're talking about yeah. html we're talking about about uh transitions so it's it's just like find um, side is a source of truth uh during yeah. a transition and then the server side becomes a source of truth and i think you can make this argument that it's like it's it's really elegant when you understand all these pieces mm -hmm. like it's really and like you know that like the the client holds this data now oh now the server holds this data but man you just you can't make you can't make people feel dumb when they're filtering a list of items they're not going to be successful with your framework they're not they're not going to turn to it again they're you know if if it the, i think that's what you're saying right that yeah they're not the way to make them successful it may be the case that react is best thought of as a programming language for uis and that yeah. the the mental models around these primitives are really amazing and composed together really well but at the, but if you're making a framework for app developers and you need to connect those things to the top and of course like it's things are new and changing a lot right now so it's a new paradigm but um it is a, it's worth it's worth noting those things when the high level features that app developers are interested in build common features right um yeah yeah but i think i, 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 I really resonated with what you said um that there's times where like when I was pairing with Roman and we did this like frame of motion thing on top of a Radix thing. And I was like, Oh my God, react is like so freaking cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it happens, all, it happens when we're working all the time. Like, it makes you feel smart. It makes you feel smart. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it makes you feel s smart. And that's why I want to like keep coming back to these tools. Mm -hmm. But I think there's like the opposite end where it makes you feel dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, like if I'm sitting there yeah. and I can't, first, it makes me feel. Dumb. I wonder. It, no, no. It, I, I, I think you're. I think you're fine because I think you're fine in saying that because I would be curious how many React 13 app router apps are using you. Well, use Optimistic as experimental, so that's fine. But it's also whatever yeah, they're it's doing. Really, it's really new. Whatever yeah. whatever they're doing to get around it, this is going to be a better way to do it because you are for. It's like Andrew said, you are forking server side state, but eventually merging it. It's hard to do well, and so that's what this is for. Anyways, you're going to say two things. It, it makes me feel dumb in like in two ways. Like one is like, I don't know how to do it and it takes three days. But then the other is like, I don't even know how to explain this to you, right? If I'm like explaining this to you, if we're talking about transitions and optimistic and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like someone, someone that's like not all in on React would be like, dude, why, why, what? Do you, what? <laughs> also, there might, like, I, I do feel this way about React, like hooks come out we start fetching data with use effect. 
people are like, oh, like, use effect is awesome. It's so easy. And I remember this conversation you had where someone, you were like, use effect is the hardest thing ever. And so I was like, no, it's so easy. And then you like asked all these questions and they were like, oh yeah, it turns out, yeah, I guess it is pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the, the answer wasn't to teach people how to use effect. The answer was use SWR, SWR right. and React exactly. Query and right. all these libraries. So maybe Aria and yeah, yeah, maybe we're just on that that path. But I just I don't maybe know. There's something that, just, maybe we're just too dumb. I mean, I'm from Florida, so maybe I'm yeah. just too dumb to use this. You know, I feel like we just had a podcast about how to check check boxes. You know what I mean? Like I just like it's, yeah, exactly. And it's uh, all right. No, I thought it was. I thought anyways. I the solution I, is elegant, dude. The solution is elegant, yes, and when you yes. understand when you understand how this it. works with transitions and all that stuff, it it is amazing. Also, too, like let's be honest. If I was going to build this app, I would take what you discovered with this stuff and and build it. It would be an amazing experience. Yeah, it would be yes. unbelievably amazing. So yeah, yep. Cool, man. Um, I think I think for me the big thing was like this transition stuff. Um, I want to think more about it um, because I don't know if there's a good intuition built up around it, the way that like suspense has started to get that from conference talks and stuff over the last year. Uh, but I think transitions go a lot deeper than I was originally thinking. Like this is one use case for them, but I think there's a lot that we'll be thinking about in terms of thinking about our app and like yeah, basically being forked in end states. We can discard these. That's why. I, Render has to be pure. That's why effects have to have be cleaned up. Yep. Blah blah blah. All these things. So I think there's a lot there. But uh, uh, let's call. Let's wrap it up for this week. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.